0: Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast, my name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who does not like fruit, really, in general, especially not as a topping on anything, unlike me and Ben, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Here's the thing about fruit. It's just not that good. It's overrated. Um, Bananas are solid, but like you guys were talking about putting strawberries on everything, and I know this is a hot take. I know people like strawberries a lot, but I just don't. I just don't think strawberries deserve to be young waffles or pancakes or whatever the heck you guys want to put them on but of course the third member of our podcast is with us here today some people consider them your their favorite member i would not be one of those people his name is ben o'brien ben how are you doing
2: i'm doing fantastic brandon i lived with you for two years and for two years the only thing i ever saw you three years well i guess you're right okay so but we bought our own groceries for two of those years so i had to eat basically only bananas for two years um yes every once in a while i treat myself and get myself some some other fruits like grapes or whatever but but really i mean for two years the only fruit i ate were, were bananas because that's all you wanted to eat so i was cool with it i uh i i uh i pleased you i i, I settled for bananas but realistically i mean you got to open your horizons brandon there's plenty of great options out there other than just bananas
1: maybe one day ben next time we live together that's what <laughs> we'll do sound <laughs> yeah, good
2: sounds great <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great episode planned today. Not a lot. Uh, small talk. So, it'll definitely be a little bit of a shorter episode, but that is okay. Let's start off with our alma mater, the BG SU Falcons basketball team, who is now ten and two. I think. I Think they're ten and two. Nine and nine, two. Uh, with their win. Nine and two. Nine and two. Nine and two. Yesterday with their huge win by twenty eight points over the Central Michigan Chippewas. Um, so Trevor, let's start with you. Why, what has uh, been so impressive for Bowling Green this year so far?
0: Yeah, so it's it's been fun to watch. Obviously, we are not on campus, unfortunately, uh, so we don't get to go to the game. Although, really, no one gets to go to the game. So, but it's but nevertheless, true. you know, we we left BG last year with with kind of not knowing would this team have made the NCAA tournament. Obviously, we didn't get to find out and see if they would have. We got no MAC tournament. But here they are again. Justin Turner is back. Um, you know, obviously losing Dylan Fry, huge loss, um, and and you know some other players, some key role players that we lost as well. But I, I think the the production that has replaced them has been very solid, and as uh, I think like kind of pleasantly surprised me seeing some of these young players, some of these freshmen. And um, even other players that are you know, now sophomores, juniors yeah. that have really improved their game. And one in particular that I wanted to point out is Caleb Fields. Now, Caleb, last season, w- wasn't a very good shooter. I mean, his three-point percentage was about 31%. And now this year, uh, to start the season, he's shooting about 43% from three, which is a huge improvement. To improve 12% on your three-point percentage is is very insane now his free throw percentage isn't all that great which is kind of weird uh in contrast but nevertheless caleb uh, has been very good we know um his capabilities uh, as a defender the energy he brings you know he's he's a really great uh just teammate in general uh great great player player to play with and then obviously we know what justin turner um does he's been so consistent over the last four years he's done it um, again and again for so long now we know he's chasing that scoring record um, and I hope he gets there it looks like he will um, I think he has about a hundred and I don't remember the exact amount I know it's like 120 130 something like that um, to catch Anthony Stacy. so hoping that he can get get that scoring record but you know obviously we have the freshman Caden Matheny who has started um, I believe in every game for for BG as a freshman This season, he's been really good. You know, coming in, I knew he he was a player that, you know, the coaching staff was excited about. Um, Obviously, he was player of the year in the state of West Virginia in high school last year. And coming in, he's an undersized guard, um, and typically, undersized guards, you know, the the Power Five conferences, teams like that, you know, your West Virginia, your Ohio State, the teams around the area, Cincy, don't always take a chance on an undersized guard like Caden. So BG got to get him, obviously, and and I'm so happy that we did because he's a really good shooter. He's a really good uh, creator, playmaker. Um, He has a great feel for the game, and that's been really good to see um, how he's already shooting so well, Um, shooting about 37% from three. He's taking a lot of them. I mean, he he obviously uh, gets to play a lot, so he's averaging about 10 points per game, and he's been really impressive. Obviously, with him, the defense is something that I've talked about, like, You know, if he can just really continuously give the effort, he can be a decent defender. But um, when you get, you know, some of those bigger guards, like we talked about with like Michigan, for example, earlier in the year, that's when, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher for Caden. But he's been impressive. Cam Young, another one. His defense has been really good. I've been pretty impressed by Cam Young early on. Uh, We've seen a little bit from Fulcher. Um, He's been pretty decent. Definitely uh, a lot of room to grow for the. For the freshmen, so I've been impressed with this BG team. I think their offense has been awesome, a little bit better than I expected. The defense, it's been a little inconsistent, but it's you know it's it's similar to last year. I would say like there there's some games where you have these teams that are able like Wright State was able to just kind of rain threes on them, get a lot of open shots, and Wright State's really good. They're the best team in the Horizon right now, so it's not like super um, disappointing. I guess like it's not like like I get it right. Um, obviously, the problem for BG, we know, is at, at the five spot, um, you know, swingle. He's kind of been playing limited minutes. Um, isn't exactly like we talked about, similar last year, lateral quickness, um, being able to move, you know, when he gets a switch on and like a quick guard, that makes it tough on him. So that's why we see those limited minutes. We see um, Washington, uh, Jacob Washington, who, who comes in, who is the player that I probably know maybe the least about on this team obviously he came in um he's from california and and he's played a little bit more um you know hasn't had a a huge role but i think it'll be interesting to see how he grows he's not a true five either but um we do see bg playing a lot of small ball so obviously you know we all want the falcons to get to that ncaa tournament this year i'm really hoping they can do it because this is this is the year i mean we said last year was the year but now this year truly i think should be the year but, uh, Brandon, what do you have to say about uh, how the Falcons have done so far?
1: Yeah, I actually completely agree. And I have a couple of things I want to talk about how this, this really is. I mean, not that they aren't like don't have good players for the future, but Turner and Plowden are out after this year. I think Diggs is also gone, if I remember correctly. I believe yep. he is also a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think we're on the back end of a lot of our talent that's here. There's a couple things I want to mention, though. I've been saying Daquan Plowden is one of the best players on the team since he got on campus. This year, he is averaging almost nine rebounds a game while averaging almost 12 points a game. Uh, And he's been shooting well, 47% from the field, 40 from 3.82% from free throw line. Um, So I've been super impressed with him this year, super-duper impressed. And, you know, as you look at the team as a whole – I think this is a team that can really compete against, like an OU or a Toledo, and they definitely have good competition, especially when Preston comes back for OU from his injury. Uh, But, Ben, any last thoughts before we move on from Small Talk today?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, going into this year, and it was no secret, BG, they had their two studs, right? They had Justin Turner, one of the greatest players in program history, and Daquan Plowden, like you just said, Brandon, uh, probably the most athletic person on the floor pretty much in any game they play. Um, So, and I remember you mentioning this, Brandon, before the season started with Dylan Fry leaving, who's going to be that third option? Um, And this year, like you just said, Brandon, Trey Diggs has been phenomenal. I mean, he's been fantastic. Looking at his stats, I mean, he's averaging 12.5 points a game. Um, And last year, he came in, and we said his defense was questionable, and he just wasn't bringing a whole lot, even offensively, when he he came in knowing that he's this great shooter. And this year, he's really stepped it up. His defense has obviously gotten better, um, and he's shooting over 44% from three, which is exactly what they brought him in to do, right, to be this sharpshooter that can play good enough defense to make it worthwhile. And he's done that. Um, So when you have obviously your two studs and then you have a third person like that, it really, I mean, it really can elevate a team, especially in a mid-major level where you need a good team. Um, You need a good team around obviously your stud players. You need to have great role players because especially in mid-major basketball, you get a lot of bench minutes. You need to have good bench players and Bowling Green has been able to do that. Um, It really has seemed like we kind of have been building to this point. Obviously, we lost Dylan Fry from last year, but um, you brought a lot of people back, a lot of key people back. Obviously, Justin Turner coming back was a big part of that. Um, but it does seem like, like Trevor said, it kind of just is the right time. It seems like this is the year that, that Bowling Green can actually do something, and it's super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's un- unfortunate that fans can't go there because I promised you if we could, we, we probably would have tried to go to a couple games this year. Um, uh, not but, a couple. But it is what it is. I mean, it, it, at least they're playing. It's better than nothing. Um, yeah. I do want to give a quick shout-out to the women's team, BJSU women's team. Because they're eight and two, yes. they're eight and two overall. They're four and one in the MAC, in Mac as well, so they're a top three team um, in the MAC as well. So, so there's a, there's definitely some good basketball being played in Bowling Green, Ohio this year, and um, it's exciting to watch. I'm excited to see what happens the rest of the season.
1: Yes, 100. I, I mean, I know we'll all be watching uh, the team play, uh, but let's move on out of small talk today. Very short small talk, and we'll go into small talk trivia. Uh, this is where we ask each other. Trevor and I ask each other a question. We keep a running scoreboard. Trevor, what is the current scoreboard at the moment?
0: 39-33,
1: you are in the lead. Very nice, as expected. Um, I will start today with my question. I have a really simple question for you today. It's very straightforward. What player has the most career starts in the NFL? It's that simple. What player has the most career starts?
0: Okay. Which player has the most career starts in NFL history? Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, you know, I, I really have... <laughs> this, this yeah this is very straightforward um obviously like Tom Brady's played a ton of games um now are are we including I don't know if you can answer this are we including kickers or no like I
1: uh, yeah uh, yeah they they kickers are a part of teams, Okay so yeah, I, I'm, I'm just making kickers. sure
0: like I'm just making sure um Adam Vinatieri obviously uh has played a lot of games he's played a ton of games we know that he played until he was about age, like, 43 at least. So um, he's played a while, or he did play a while, I should say. Um, Tom Brady obviously has played a while. So most career starts, just in general. Man, I, I don't know if this is a trick question. You said it was straightforward, but I don't know if it's a trick or not. Um, I think the answer is just Tom Brady. Um is this is this including playoff games? I I don't know if you have that. Like
1: um let's see. I I think it I think it does. Okay. But um, I I cannot be 100% sure.
0: Yeah, so I think the answer is just Tom Brady. Like I the only season where he was hurt was that 08 season. But other than that, I mean that's that's 19 seasons, mm-hmm. plus all the playoff I, I will, games.
1: I'll give you a little bit of a hint. One and two are literally... Well, now, they're, they're... Let me do the math correctly. Yes, okay. They are two games apart.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, so I I don't know how it could have been anyone, like, before our lifetime. I just, I don't... I guess it's possible, but... There's no one that's standing out that I think it could have been if it's before a lifetime, and if it's in our lifetime, it's either Brady or Ventieri because there's no other quarterback playing now that's played more games than Tom Brady. Like Brett Favre didn't play more games than them. Drew Brees hasn't played more games than them. Um, so it's Brady or it's Ventieri. Those are the two answers. I mean, I don't like. I don't have like a. I don't know if there was any way that Vintieri might have like missed some games, but I still don't think he would have played more games than Brady. It's just hard for me to see that. So I I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's not Brady, but I I don't I can't see how it wouldn't be Tom Brady. That's like so I guess that's my answer. And the, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong again, like it's it sucks, but I I kind of don't see how it couldn't be Tom Brady. So that's
1: my answer. Okay, so Tom Brady is the final answer. Yeah. Uh so number 1 is at 300 games started. Number 2 is at 298. Number 2 is Brett Favre at 298 games. And number 1 is Tom Brady okay. at 300 games. Just played his 300th game well, yesterday, I believe.
0: Jeez.
1: Um so you did get this point. You are now only down 5. Oh my. Okay.
0: Well, I finally got Let's one. Your so that's good. I'm I'm surprised Brett Favre is that close though, but I, he did play a lot though. Okay. Yeah. All right, so my question is also an NFL question, and it is, who is the player that has the most non-offensive touchdowns in their career in NFL history? So I get, Most
1: I, non-offensive touchdowns? Yeah,
0: so most non-offensive touchdowns in their career in
1: NFL history, which the answer is a player. It's just one player? Yes, one player. No one's tied, nothing like that? Nope. Okay, so... A couple names come to mind immediately. Um, Josh Cribs had a lot of touchdowns. Well, all right, our special teams, they aren't considered yep. offensive, right? Yeah, so special okay. teams and, and then so defensive, obviously. The two big hitters that were on special teams, Josh Cribs, Devin Hester, are, are up there. I know Deion Sanders had a lot also, and I know Ed Reed also had a lot. Now, I know... If I remember correctly, Devin Hester had the record for most touchdowns returned, and I don't believe Cribs broke it, so I would like to say Devin Hester. That would be the answer I'd like to say, but I feel like Dion has more. You know, it's prime time. Um, Gosh, this is hard. Ben, do you have a guess at this? I'm not saying say it, but do you have a guess?
2: This is hard, and I wasn't even thinking of special teams like returners, but that would make the most sense, right? Um, I just watched the Deion Sanders 30 for 30 like two days ago, so I feel like I mean, I'm biased because it's like recency bias, but I'd probably my guess would probably be Deion Sanders, but I I do think like Devin Hester is a good option. I think Josh Cribbs is a good option, and I I actually do think I'd read a good option, so I I, I don't know. If I were you, I'd probably lean more towards like you said, the special teams over the defensive players, um, just out of like you know, sheer numbers, but. It's, it's a tough question. I I really don't know. It's, it's a hard one.
1: All right, Ben. I, I'm going to go with you here. I, you're saying to go with the special teams guys. That's your recommendation. I'm not going to blame you if you're wrong. But I will go with Devin Hester. I believe it's it, it is. If Ben says special teams, if Ben, I want to point. out, If you said defense, I would have went with Deion okay. Sanders. So,
2: but but the thing is, Deion so Sanders. Honestly, it is Deion you. Sanders was also a punt returner. That's why I was thinking Deion Sanders.
1: I know, I know, I know. He did a little bit of everything. So I I yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Devin Hester because I know he had the record for return touchdowns. Whether well, it's not offensive, that's another question. But we'll, we'll go with uh, Devin Hester. Okay. For Ben.
0: Alright, so a lot of the names you said were very good. Um, you know, they're they're all high up there. But the answer you did say, yeah. Devin Hester, was the correct answer. Devin Hester Ooh, Benny Devin Hester has twenty non offensive touchdowns and uh the person in the second is Deion Sanders with nineteen. So oh, wow. pretty on point.
1: Wow, that is it is quite close. Good job, Ben. That point gets donated to you. Ben now has one point.
2: <laughs> I, it, You're now
1: tied with who came on and got a point uh, and beat you. I, think, I forget I who it, it was, was. It was
2: Aaron, right? So I think your friend Aaron came on. Aaron, yeah. Uh, and got a point. I think it was Aaron. Um, but it's been a long time I, coming. I, I but I'm happy to, to get my first point after all these months. So it's a special <laughs> day
1: you've led me astray before but today you did not ben good job you get your own point all right let's move on over to randomly rank this is the top or the segment where we take a completely random topic and we rank it's very self-explanatory today we have an interesting one we're going to do flavors of oreos or types of oreos i guess i should say um i don't know if, i don't think we've ever really discussed this um but uh, ben you could tell the viewers me and you are big fans of oreos especially oh. myself oh we love oreos Trevor, I've seen you eat some Oreos in your day. You could eat a lot of Oreos too. So today we're gonna go over our top three favorite types of Oreos. Trevor, I will start it off with you.
0: Okay, yeah, so Oreos are obviously great. We all love them. Um, And I'm just gonna start off with number three. I'm gonna go with um, a really good combination of things and that would be the peanut butter Oreos. I love peanut butter, I love cookies. So perfectly reasonable that I would slot that here at number three, they're very good. I haven't had them a ton, but Mm -hmm. when I have had them, very good. Number two, I know that Brandon will not approve of this one, but I have mint Oreos at number two. I think they're really solid. Yeah, it's disgusting. If, if if you need a little change up from what my number one is, which is the ones that I get probably like 70 to 80 percent of the time, uh, mint Oreos are a good change up. But the number one has to be the go-to. It's just the most solid. It's uh, well-rounded. Um, it's great with a nice glass of milk, and that is the double-stuffed Oreos. I actually have um, a pack of them in my cupboard now. I haven't eaten them in a while, though, um, because I, I do try to be healthy from time to time, but
1: they are amazing. Mm. I love the taste of them, and they are my number one. Okay, so not not bad choices, except number two is a really bad choice, but uh, otherwise you gave some good ones. So here here are my top three. Number three, I'm going to have to go with the red velvet Oreo. Um, I I feel like red velvet anything is makes it instantly better. So I had to throw this in my number three slot. Number two, I'm gonna go with brownie batter Oreos. I think these are super underrated. I know like a lot of people do like them, but I think they're even higher up than most people would give them credit for. They're pretty solid. And number one, uh about a year and a half ago, Oreo decided to make uh instead of mega stuffed oreos they called them the most stuffed oreos and they were very hard to find they were not always at stores and i would always bring them back to our apartment for me and ben and those things were phenomenal now i know i love the cream on the inside the little like uh, oreo cream ben's not quite as high so i expect him to do a double or mega stuff as his number one and not the most stuff but i know he liked them a lot and they are super duper solid so they take my number one spot
2: ben yeah so I, the most stuffed are good, and like, I'm, I'm never going to be upset when, you, when, you, when we buy and you bring them back to the apartment. Um, but in my opinion, it's just too much cream, I feel like. It's just too much cream, which I know you said is not possible, whatever, but um, yeah, it's it's just, to me, the ratio is a little off. They're a little off, so they are good, but they're, they're not my top three. Um, my number three I put on here, mainly just because I didn't think either one of you guys would, and I wanted to be a little different, Golden Oreos. I like the Golden Oreos. I thought about doing it. But see, Brent, I didn't think you'd like them because like, it's not really chocolate, and you're a big chocolate guy.
1: Nah, they're pretty
2: good. Um, but I mean,
1: as you know, I, I, I like the cream on the inside a lot more than the actual that, cookies. That so. is true.
2: That is true. I just thought I'd throw those in there. I feel like they, they're, they're good. I mean, um, I'm cool. They deserve um, a spot. Yeah, I, I totally agree. They deserve a spot in my top three. I put them at number three. My um, number two is Red Velvet. Brandon, you had it on yours. Uh, Red Velvet, anything's good. I love Red Velvet. Pretty much anything flavored. I percent I love it. So um, Red Velvet Oreos are obviously solid. And number one, kind of kind of like what Trevor said, are double stuff, just for the sheer ability of, I think they're the most... Um, they're one of the most versatile just because I think everything is kind of a perfect ratio, perfect combination. Um, and also I just think if we're looking at dunkability, like you know, gl- you're dunking into a glass of milk, I think it's just I think it's the perfect um, cookie yeah. to, to dunk in a glass of milk. So and obviously if I'm going to have, have Oreos I'd prefer it to be with a glass of milk. So I think double stuff probably go uh, well with a glass of milk more than any other flavor so I had to put double stuff at, at number one.
1: Makes sense. A double stuff, double stuff is an amazing Oreo, hundred percent. I, I, as I talked to these guys before the podcast, I would have put double stuff, mega stuff, and most stuff Oreos as like my top, like those would be my top three. But I wanted to give a little bit of you know extra zest to it. Um, but let's move on to our main topics for today. Uh, as we are recording this on Sunday, it is a day before the national championship game. Ohio State versus Alabama. Alabama is currently an eight and a half point favorite. Um, so let's get into some predictions. Ben, I would like to throw this over to you first. What are you predicting this game to be?
2: So first I want to go on record and say I, I've been wrong many times about Ohio State. I have. I was wrong. We were all wrong the last game about Ohio State. Um, and I just, going into their game against Clemson, I wasn't super confident. I explained last week how I wasn't super confident. I didn't, Justin Fields didn't look too hot coming into the game. Um, and what I said was, and I'm, I'm, I still believe that a week later, is that if they play as well as they did against Clemson, I definitely think they have a chance to beat Alabama. I mean, as, as well as they played against Clemson, I think it's going to be hard for any team in the country to beat them. That being said, Alabama is the best team in the country. I mean, there's a reason why they're number one. They are, they are the best team in the country. So um, it, it, it's tough. It's a tough game. And, like, e- even my mind keeps going back to, twenty. I guess it was 2014 season, 2015, early 2015 when they won the national championship. I thought they were going to get their butts kicked by Alabama. They beat them by like a touchdown or two, and then I thought they were going to get their butts kicked by Oregon, and they beat them by two touchdowns or something like that. So um, my over history, I guess, history would say that me picking Alabama to win this game is probably not correct, but I, just, I can't realistically think with my brain that Alabama is going to lose this game. It's just hard for me to say Alabama is going to lose this game because they are the most complete team in the country. Um, they have the best wide receiver in the country. They have the best running back in the country, for what it's worth, and they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So I, I just—it's it's such a hard combination to beat. I really do think Alabama is going to win this game. Um, I don't know what what the spread is on this game, but I'm guessing it's probably—I was going to say—I'm guessing it's probably right around a touchdown. I actually do think and I said this about Clemson last last time, but I do think Alabama is probably going to win by at least ten points. If I had to put money on it, which I wouldn't because I don't like to gamble, but. Um, I'd probably say Alabama's going to win by, I think they'll win by two scores. I think they'll win by at least 10 points. Mm -hmm. That's just my guess. Again, I've been wrong with Ohio State before, but I I have a hard time saying this Alabama team lose to really anybody at this point. Gotcha. Okay. So here's the thing.
1: I am in a win-win situation with this prediction. Okay.
2: I see where you're going. I am. I like the strategy. Yeah. You
1: see where I'm going with this? Yeah. I am going to predict that Ohio State wins. Jinx. And it's a win-win situation for me. Mm -hmm. It's a win situation if they win. Because at the beginning of the year, on this podcast, I talked about how I thought Ohio State was the best team in the nation. They have Justin Fields, who I think is the best quarterback in the nation, even better than Trevor Lawrence. And you can argue that, and there's plenty of stats to argue that I am wrong. And I understand it. If I have the number one pick in the draft this year, I'm taking Justin Fields. That's what I'm going to do. I'm taking him over Trevor Lawrence. I don't care what anyone says to me. That's what I would do. So it's a win situation if I get it right, because I called it very early in the season, and I'm calling it now. But if they lose then all their fans are going to be upset. And that would make me happy internally because they are annoying normally. So it is a win-win situation. However, I think Ohio State has a good chance to win this game. I would not say that I would favor them in any sense, but it is who I want to pick to win this game. If I'm right, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to talk a lot about it next week as I will be probably one of the only people to predict this way. Um, but I'm going to pick Ohio State simply because I think they have the better quarterback. And I think that is so important in you know these Playoff and championship games. Najee Harris is a beast. Devontae Smith is a beast. I've been on Najee Harris. I wanted him to go to Michigan so badly. It was down between Michigan and Alabama. Ben, I know you remember me <laughs> talking about Najee Harris all the time. Oh, yeah. He's probably one of my favorite continental players ever, and he should be drafted super high. Super high. He won't be, but he should be. And whoever gets him gets a great player in the draft. But I'm going to take Ohio State. Trevor, what do you think?
0: So, this is interesting. Um, there's a. there have been a lot of, like and it's i've tried to look at different articles i can't find anything specific but i've seen a lot of reports that like ohio state has said a lot of issues with like covid and some of their players yes. not knowing how many would be available but the issue is i haven't found like specific players or like a specific like there's no good source telling me like okay these players are out these players are in so i don't know that's why it's that's that's why it's difficult for me to pick ohio state here um, mm-hmm. i i want to and I think if it weren't for that, um, I, I most certainly would because I, I do agree with you now the because Justin Fields, he he is better than I mean, he's better than Mac Jones. I don't know if he's better than Trevor Lawrence, but they do have the better quarterback. Um, both offenses are awesome. But Alabama's defense has shown, you know, some concerns. There's been a lot of teams who have put up a fair amount of points on Alabama and You know, they're definitely nowhere near the Alabama defense that we have seen, you know, back in, you know, like 2010, 2011, like in the early 2010s, maybe even uh, like in in 09, but especially those early 2010s when they had a lot of those great defenses. This Alabama defense is not like that. And also, just the game in general, it's more um, advantageous for offenses in general. So that's also another factor in there. Um, I think Brandon picking Ohio State could serve as a jinx. I I think it's something that he's done in the past. He's done it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So for you Ohio State Buckeyes fans, I'd be a little worried that Brandon's picking your team. However, I am just going to go with my gut here, and I'm still going to pick Ohio State. I'm still going to pick Ohio State because I think that, like I just said, I think the Alabama defense has been shaky, and I think Ohio State can really just put up a lot of points on them. And I think if it's a shootout – I would favor Ohio State in that one. I think their defense—it looked at least looked like, like it, it did—definitely have some key stops against Clemson. And again, the COVID stuff—you got to worry—is—is is everyone going to be available for Ohio State? That—that's that's definitely something to be concerned about. But if they—if all of their key players are there. I think they're going to be better than Alabama tomorrow night, and I think they're going to win the game. So I'm going to go with my gut and pick Ohio State, but I expect this to be a very great game. Um, hopefully Justin Fields um, is 100%. I'm hoping that he you know, he had that time to recover and he's 100% um, because mm-hmm. we want to see him obviously play to the best of his ability. And I think he will. So I'm, I'm picking Ohio State.
1: Of course. So, last topic today, we're going to go over into the NFL, uh, and we're going to start off actually with our team draft. Now, do we do this on the podcast? I don't remember if we did this on the podcast or not.
0: Yes, we did. Do you guys
1: remember? Yeah, we, we did. did. Okay. So, we're going to do a recap of our team draft, and then we're going to go over the three games that happened yesterday, and we'll go over the three games that are going to happen today, next week on the pod. Um, but we'll go over the three games that just happened yesterday, talk about them for a little bit, and then kind of head out for today. So, Ben, why don't you give a little recap of our team draft? Because it didn't go so well for
2: two of us. It did not. So, um... And we, we've given updates before. Trevor was in the lead before. Spoiler alert, He Trevor won. And it really wasn't even close. Um, I do think the difference between Brandon and I, I guess you should say. The, is we have morals. The, pack, the pack and uh, the leader here, Trevor, is I really do think the difference was the, I mean, what is that? That's 23 games between the Steelers and the Browns that Trevor got. Um, basically because Brandon and I were being, we were being stupid and we just didn't want to draft the no. Steelers or the Browns. No, no. We-
1: we have morals we didn't want to draft true. teams we don't like I, And I, again, Trevor I don't, has
2: no morals again I don't regret anything I, I don't regret anything yeah um, no I will, regrets I will take no my regrets. morals I don't need a win to, to you know to, to you know take my morals away from me alright so exactly so Trevor ended up winning with 94 points um, and then I actually got I got second place I got second place by I guess you could say one technically I got 77 no you could give me, it's two okay. it's two I had, I had the Bengals and the Eagles who both tied so I gave myself an extra win there so I technically—it's I yeah, half a win. All right, I, I finished Preach. with seventy-eight wins then technically, um, and Brandon finished with seventy-six wins. So yeah. I really do think—I mean, I got obviously Trevor had probably the, the, obviously the two steals of the draft of the Steelers and the Browns, but I mean, I got I got the uh, the Packers in the fourth round who end up being the one seed in the NFC. So I'm not am uh, not too upset about that. I, I think Brandon, your worst pick was probably the Texans in the fifth round, just because they went yeah. four and twelve. But um, our two teams were pretty reali- are pretty similar again. Trevor's team. Again, Brandon, and I have morals, and I'm not—I'm not, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna get rid of those morals just to, just to win a, a meaningless little thing for some food. <laughs> so, so Trevor, you can have the win all you want. Congratulations. I hope you feel terrible about yourself because you had to draft the Steelers and the Browns on your team. Um, <laughs> something Brandon and I would never do. But it, a win's a win. Congratulations. Uh, last thing and I want to point where out is, is the place? that Washington—nobody drafted Washington football team. They won yeah, their division. They're well. a playoff team. They went seven and nine, so that's seven seven wins that no, that amazing. nobody got on their team, but. It is what it is. And
1: Trevor drafted the Cowboys with his second pick. So, you know, big variation between those two teams. Trevor, where is the place that we will be eating as your reward? You can tell the fans.
0: Yeah, so I'm very excited about this win. Um, I, I was going for it. It didn't matter. I, I had no regard as – as uh, I think it was Kevin Hart. I don't know which announcer, um, but I had no regard for human life when it came to this draft. Yeah. <laughs> I also picked I also picked the New York football Giants with my last pick, who I despise. Um Completely, I picked the Steelers and Browns. Steelers, I hate. Browns, I have no issue with whatsoever. Like, like these two guys. Um, however, I'm happy about my win. Um, and and I think the melt is the place we got to go. I'm hoping for it once, once things start to open up. Uh, melt is an awesome sandwich place in the Cleveland area. So hopefully, you know, in the summertime. Next, you know, when I come home, hopefully we can go to melt, and, and Ben will drive up yes, to the green area as well, hopefully. You deserve
1: Aww. the win. You deserve the melt. We'll get it done. All right, let's go over these three games quickly, um, and then we'll kind of get out of here for today. Um, so let's start with the Colts and Bills. Uh, I'll say a couple thoughts first to start off. Uh, I think the Colts, as the year went on, got better. You see, Philip Rivers really improved as— it's interesting. I mean, this late in his career, he he was pretty terrible at the beginning of the year, and he, it seemed like he improved. They obviously got a little bit healthier. I was talking to some buddies of mine about how if the Colts are a hundred percent healthy, they they would be a Super Bowl contender. Like a hundred percent, they had a ton of big players out uh, throughout the year. Um, players that are out for the whole year. Malik Hooker was out. Uh, their their left tackle K- Casanzo, Andrew Anthony Casanzo. I think I'm saying that wrong, but. Um, He was out for the whole year. Uh, Paris Campbell was out for the whole year. So a ton of huge, huge players that were out, and they almost just beat the Bills. The thing is, is you can't run uh, against a team that can throw 5 billion passes and beat you like, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills can, and obviously they took it. Um, The Bills are going to be a a force to—they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, Even though the Colts did come close, they're going to be very, very hard to beat in these playoffs. Uh, Trevor, any thoughts on the Colts and Bills?
0: Yeah, so this game was really good. It was a great first game. Um, I thought this game should have been the night game just because I I thought it was going to be the best game of the day, and it was. Um, I I was a little bit surprised by how good the Colts did look just because I I don't think I've watched them quite as much as you have this year, Brandon. So I was impressed. Um, Phillip Rivers, I thought, played really well. But it's kind of the story of how his career's been. He's come close so many times. You know, a lot of, like, close playoff losses that are unfortunate. Um, and it happens a lot. Um, the Bills were were overall, I think... I mean, I don't... Honestly, I'm not sure if they were the be- better team in this particular game, but they've been the better team this season. So I, yeah. I, w- I would have been a little bit upset if the Bills would have lost this game. You know, I, I want to see them in round two. But I, I thought it was a really good game. Colts played well. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I think... You know, although this game, you know, he only averaged about three point seven yards per carry. He's a really solid running back. I think that the Colts will have for years to come, um, yeah. and and they have a pretty solid defense as well. So I think the Colts will be in the running. Um, you know, we don't know if Rivers is going to return or not, but I think regardless, if they can get like a solid QB, I think they'll be relevant for many years to come.
1: Yes, I one hundred percent believe that too, uh, Ben. I'm going to switch it on over to the Rams Seahawks game. Let you give your thoughts on that game.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, this was an interesting one because the Rams had their whole quarterback controversy coming We didn't really know who was going to play. Yeah. Obviously, Jared Goff got, or he played most of the game. Um, he went 9 for 19. It seemed like he played a pretty decent game. But, I mean, I think the big takeaway is just that the Seahawks really all year, it was funny because all year, uh, at the beginning of the year, they really had a lot of steam. Russell Wilson was, a play, or was an MVP contender, and it kind of seemed like it just fizzled out. I'm not saying necessarily they got a whole lot worse, but it just seemed like as the year went on. Um, maybe it's not even the fact that they got worse. I just think other teams emerged as superior, at, like with the Packers yeah. being obviously the clear example there. So, I mean, obviously winning a playoff game at home is never good. And even with no fans, win, losing or, excuse me, losing a playoff game at home is never good. Um, as a Bengals fan, I'd like to point out, I have experienced that multiple times, but it's whatever. Um, it's never good to lose a playoff game at home. And the Seahawks, it, they just dropped the ball. I mean, the Rams are just the better team uh, for 60 minutes, which um, if you didn't know, that's typically how you win a football game is that you're the better team for 60 minutes. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, obviously, Cam Akers, at the beginning of the year, I know this because he's on my fantasy team, but beginning of the year, he wasn't doing a whole lot. And as the season kind of went on, he's picked up some steamies. He's actually turned yes, out to be um, an extremely effective running back and really their their best option and their primary option. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot more to say other than, I mean, good go for the Rams. They got a, they got a tough um, playoff, divisional playoff, I guess I should say, because they're both in the same division. Um, they got a, against a division rival on the road, a playoff when they're advancing. That's really all you can do at this point is survive and advance, so... Um, good to the Rams again. The Seahawks—they had—I mean—they went 12 and 4 this year. They had a great year, and their their defense was a question all all season. And yesterday was no different. Defense just wasn't where it needs to be. It hasn't—it's not where it was in previous years, where the Seahawks were the team to beat. So the Seahawks team just a little different. They just just couldn't get it done at home uh, in the playoffs, and and they fall to a team that that played just better than them, frankly.
1: Yeah, just a couple quick thoughts on the Seahawks. I mean, the the Rams at a point in time, Aaron Donald was out. Goff's. Uh, thumb looks like it's like a sausage it's all red and enormous it's they should have been able to win they should have so I think it's going to be kind of a reassessment time for the uh the Seahawks you know what they need to do to be better now they had their own injuries you know collectively uh Jamal Adams it seems like he might have every injury in the book both shoulders are hurt he has some fractured fingers or something like that and that all didn't happen in the game that was before the game he played with all that um so they got a lot They got a lot to deal with, I think, and they got to reassess. Uh, Trevor, I'm going to start off with you. I'm going to go to both of you um, for this last game, because I know you both will probably want to talk about it. We got Tom Brady and the Buccaneers winning 31-23 over the uh, Washington football team. So not the most impressive win of all time. But Trevor, let's start off with you. What are your some of your thoughts on this game?
0: Okay, so you both know that I was really upset about this game, I, I, yes. I, I oh, yes. think. We saw um, the text. Yeah, we got the text.
2: <laughs> Don't worry, we saw it.
0: I, I was just so annoyed. The whole 60 minutes, and before the game even started, I was already disappointed that the Rams won because now this sets up, um, assuming that the Buccaneers won, which they did win, um, where we can't play the Packers. Now we have to the Buc- the Buccaneers have to either play the Rams or the Saints, who were probably the teams with the two best defenses in the league, which which sucks. And I would rather play the Packers than either of those te- two teams. However, with this game. you know, honestly, I wasn't too surprised with how it went. I was just, like, hoping for more. And I think with one of the things is, yeah, like, Heineke, sure, give him credit. You know, he's first game, first start out there, playing well, running around. Yeah, I get it. You can give him credit. And if Heineke was going up against any other team in the NFL, I would be, you know, celebrating his play, talking about, oh, yeah, Heineke. But for me, it's more about how the Bucks secondary looks and i just think consistently over the past five six or so weeks they have not looked very good i mean just like the coverage is not great these these like either average or below average quarterbacks continuously um play very well complete a lot of passes um against this buck secondary i mean we saw jared goff do it um, in the Rams Bucks game a-, a month or so ago, when Jared Goff looked like a totally different quarterback against the Bucks secondary. Um, obviously, we know, like, because, like, all the rankings will say, yeah, the Bucks have a really good defense. And I think their run defense is really good. I think the D line's phenomenal. Um, obviously, Levante David's very good. Devin White is very good, mm-hmm. although he was out last night. Um, but the secondary, just the corners, the safeties, not, not good. I'm not impressed at all. And I'm really worried about them, um, regardless of who we play next. On offense, I thought the protection was surprisingly good. And, and the protection's been decent all year, I think. But I expected Washington to get more pressure. I expected that Chase Young would get the Brady more times than he did. Um, and like I think they only sacked Brady uh, twice, I believe, or three times. Um, knocked him down a few more times. But I expected it to be a little bit rougher. Um, and, and the Bucks really... Could have scored 40 points in this game. I think if they would have called some better plays, threw the ball more overall, especially on first mm-hmm. down. I just thought the Bucks were a little too predictable. A lot of running, a lot of runs on first down, followed by pe- like play action or passes on second down. I-, I just wish we would have threw more often on first down. Um, yeah. You know, and obviously there were a couple drops. We saw Godwin with the drops, um, which was unfortunate. Nerves. Hopefully those are out of the way. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be tough because now the matchup, regardless of who we get, is going to be difficult. Um, yeah. And, and I'm just hoping that somehow we, we could find a way to get another win and stay in it next week. But it,
1: it's going to be difficult. 100%. Ben, I'll let you have the last thoughts uh, for the episode today on this game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot more to say. Trevor covered most of it. But, I mean, we knew going in, the Bucks are a good team, obviously, they're in the playoffs, but they're not the best team in the NFC. We know this. Um, and obviously they got a favorable matchup against somebody had to play um, the NFC East division winner and the Bucks got lucky enough to play Washington, who played a good game. Um, they did not look bad, but I mean Tom Brady. Tom Brady just he got he didn't play great, he didn't play bad, but he, he played well enough to win, and that's really all you could ask for at this point. Again, it's the playoffs. You just have to play well enough to win, and you move on. Um, I, I do think Antonio Brown lo- looked good for them. I think Antonio Brown has fit well into their system. Um, probably at least, he's been probably more effective than a lot of people thought he would, just because you know everything that's gone on with him over the years mm-hmm. um but again the, the bucks played well enough to win and that's really all you can ask for but i washington did not did not look bad at all i mean they they really did not like they looked like they kind of deserved to be there and again um somebody had to be in the playoffs in that division going in i think nobody really thought they'd win or i'd say most people didn't think that washington would win but they made it a game and that's really all we can ask for um, last thing I want to say is, Chase Young, where you at, bro? Like you said, you're going to sack Tom Brady. He had three tackles, no sacks. Um, I saw an article that came out this morning that said he finished the game maybe hurt, bad ankle, um, but obviously I'm just messing around. He's a good player. He'll be a good player for a long time. The important thing, though, Brandon, if you remember, they the, so Washington lost by, what is it, eight points. You predicted, mm-hmm. this was maybe a month ago, you said the Browns mm-hmm. were going to lose their first playoff game by more points than whoever won that division would lose their first playoff game by. So Washington lost by eight, which means Brandon is now predicting that the Browns are going to lose by at least nine points. At least as of a month ago, that was his prediction. Um, I don't know if you've changed on that or not, but I just wanted to hold you to that. I wanted to put that out there on the internet that you made that prediction about a month ago. I'm curious to see if, if that comes to fruition or if that was just you being in the moment upset with Browns fans as it usually is. Oh no, I'll, I'll stick to
1: that prediction for sure. hundred percent. I'll stick with it. <laughs> okay. But... I think we'll end our episode here for today. Thank you all so much for listening. We really, really appreciate all the support you have. Uh, on the podcast. Uh, The Small Ballers Podcast Network currently is having three podcasts running. Of course, this wonderful podcast, which we'd love for you guys to subscribe, leave that five-star review. Um, But we now have the Five Seconds of Fame podcast where we are going over The Bachelor. That will be coming out every single Wednesday. Uh, So stay tuned for that, especially if you're a Bachelor fan. Um, And of course, we also have the 12th Row podcast with Josh and Will, which comes out now on Thursday. So stay tuned for that one. Subscribe to all of them. And of course, follow our Twitter at The Small Baller, so you know when these podcasts go live. Um, But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening today, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!